Hey there, welcome to another episode of the Bible in Life podcast. I am deeply honored to be able to spend this time with you and share just a little bit of what God is teaching me through His Word. And it's just a privilege and an honor that uh, we get to spend this time together. So thanks for being here. Thanks for tuning in and listening to this episode. And if you're a regular listener, thanks for being a part of the Bible in Life family. Before we jump into the topic for today, I wanted to let you know about something that I have been working on for several months and I am super excited about um, because I, I believe it'll be a valuable resource for you as you want to study the Bible for yourself or for you as you want to study it for leading a Bible study or maybe even teaching a lesson. Just super excited about it. And that's, I've been working on this what I'm kind of thinking of almost as like a study hub for the listener's commentary. Now, if you haven't checked out the listener's commentary, that's where I teach straight through New Testament books. It's it's like a Bible commentary that you can buy in book form, except this one's in audio format. It's completely free. It's 30 years of Bible teaching ministry, hours and hours of recording and study and work all put together, given away for free because I, I just believe that the best thing for you and for your life and for me is that we are engaged in the Word of God, deeply rooted in the Word of God. Uh, the scriptures routinely say that's where life is found and that can help us uh, you know, defend ourselves against the lies and the falsehoods of the devil and walk in the freedom of Jesus. And so I spent, I've just spent tons of time on that. Well, as that has grown, uh, there are people using it for a variety of reasons. And so I wanted to create a, like, if you want more than the audio, if you want other resources, uh, I want to create that and put that together and pull those together in one place so that you can study the Bible for yourself. That's the heart and goal behind it. And so I'm working on creating enough material there that there's a solid foundation to be useful right from the start. And then I'll just keep building it and adding more material as we go. And so uh, there'll be, from the get-go, there's going to be documents that have pictures and descriptions and connections with the biblical text to provide some of the background material for like the New Testament letters. There'll be uh, charts to give you an overview of the book so you kind of have the lay of the land and the map and how it works. I'm going to give free access to my Bible study skills course as part of that just to help you uh, equip you with the tools and the resources and the principles necessary to really engage and study the Bible for yourself. Uh, just all sorts of content in there that uh, you know, articles and guidelines, and then I'm going to add more. I'm going to go through each book and just say, man, I think I want to flesh that out. Or if people have questions, I want to write on that. Um, and so just providing all sorts of content that'll help you engage and study the Bible for yourself. And uh, just lots of time, lots of work, lots of energy, lots of resources that I think will be super valuable to you. So I'm hoping, Lord willing, by the end of the month of October or early on in November to launch sort of the initial version of that. And I'll just keep building that out as we go. And because I want as many people as possible to have access to that, I'm actually going to give away all of that on a uh, pay what you can afford sort of basis. Like, it's, I mean, it's just a lot of work, but... I don't want to put a massive paywall up that's going to keep people from it. Some of you can maybe only afford five bucks a month. If you could, that's all you can afford, do it. Some of you maybe could do 
$25 a month, and that would help offset the time and the cost and the energy of that whole resource for others. And so go 25. Some of you might even be able to do like 100 or more dollars a month, and you're like, I just believe in the usefulness of this. I mean, like there, there are pastors in developing nations that use the commentary as part of their, their own study, their own learning, and their sermon prep. So I just think this will be a super valuable resource for, for as many people as possible. I want to open the doors to that, make it as affordable as possible to however you can do that. So that, that's coming in the next, uh, I don't know, hopefully three to four weeks, Lord willing. And uh, if you are not on my mailing list, that's probably the best way to learn about it. I'll mention it uh, on here when it's available. But if you want to swing over to listenerscommentary.com and just sign up on there, that'll put you on my mailing list. And then I'll announce when it's available, when it's ready. And you can jump in and study all that stuff for yourself. And you can use it as a resource to help other people study the Bible as well. So just wanted to let you know about that. Super excited about it. I think it's going to be a very valuable resource for your own personal study. All right, with that, let's let's look at uh, what I think is just just a really important question for us. It's it's something that gets at a, a, a key distinctive of what it means to be followers of Jesus. It's something that gets at a way that we are genuinely set apart from the world around us as holy, different, unique. This is something, um, the answer to this question I'm about to ask is something that is distinctively Jesus-like. All right, so here's the question I want to explore over the next handful of minutes on the podcast. It's this, when we're mocked or insulted or attacked, when followers of Jesus, disciples of Jesus are mocked, ridiculed, insulted, attacked, even harmed in some way, how do we respond? And I want to read a passage out of 1 Peter uh, to answer that question. It's not the only text we can look at because this topic is all over the New Testament. But I want to read a passage out of 1 Peter to answer that. But, but before I read the passage, let me just give you the setting of 1 Peter. Because increasingly, I think 1 Peter is is a a letter of the New Testament that could be deeply formative to those of us who follow Jesus in our current world, particularly in Western nations like Europe or like America, where increasingly the the way of Jesus is a minority way. And some of the things that have historically been viewed as good because uh, they were viewed as wise from the way of Jesus and are now looked down on as bad, right? And so increasingly, the way of Jesus is marginalized, pushed to the side. It's a minority approach to life. It's a minority view. Um, well, because of that, I think First Peter is deeply important to us because really the setting of First Peter is similar to that. Peter's writing to uh, groups of Christians in what is now northern Turkey in various regions of the Roman Empire, and they're experiencing varying degrees of opposition and social dislocation because of their faith in Jesus. They're obviously a minority, uh, and that 
minority status is now increasingly being treated with hostility, whether that's a hostility as in they're not being allowed to do business or their business is suffering or they've had their business closed down or uh, maybe it's their their family life is being marginalized from extended family or from the community right like there maybe there's tension within within homes because one member of the family has become a believer but the but the spouse has not like there's just all sorts of tension difficulty, hostility, marginalization, and even social dislocation that has resulted because of their following of Jesus. And because of that, Peter has some really wise words to say to us. And one of the words he has to say is an answer to this question. How do followers of Jesus respond when they're mocked or insulted or attacked uh, for their faith in Jesus, for their way of life that is different and unique, for the fact that they don't join in some of the, the things that the rest of society does? How do followers of Jesus respond? And here is just one little bit of what Peter says. There's a lot that Peter says. In fact, there's sort of the positive side to what he says here. But let me just read you 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. This is what he says. He says, do not return evil for evil or insult for insult, but give a blessing instead, for you were called for the very purpose that you would inherit a blessing. Notice what Peter says. He says, don't return evil for evil or insult for insult. And we just need to we, sometimes we hear that word as just Bible words to us, but we just need to stop and think about what, what he's talking about. And when you read through 1 Peter, you'll get some ideas of some of the things that people are dealing with, where you have a wife married to a non-Christian husband, and she's told by Peter to, look, you win him over without a word by your reverent and chaste and respectable way of life, that your way of life is just like, wow, that's a that's beautifully good way of life, right? Like, and so there's tension in that relationship. There's some maybe even passive aggressive hostility. There's standoffishness perhaps in that relationship because of the difference in their way of life and their belief system. That's the kind of evil for evil or insult for insult. It's the kind of thing that happens when um, you're, you're specifically overlooked on the job or not given a promotion because of your beliefs and your values as a Christian. It's the kind of thing that happens when uh, your extended family snubs you or rejects you or treats you poorly, right? When they're passive aggressive towards you, or maybe even at times actively aggressive towards you. This is evil for evil or insult for insult kind of behavior, right? Like, like they insult you, they make fun of you, they look down on you, they ridicule you for your your weird choices in your weird way of life, right? Things that you hold deeply dear as like, this is good for, for human flourishing. They look at it and think, that's just odd behavior and weird. And they say all sorts of negative things about you on social media, right? That's the kind of stuff we're talking about. So when he says, don't return evil for evil or insult for insult, just we're just talking about everyday life sort of treatment. And he says, don't respond in kind. Don't retaliate. That's not how we deal with it. That's not the way of Jesus. 
If someone is mean-spirited towards you or says something negative about you or ridicules you on social media or, or face-to-face, you just don't respond in kind. You don't retaliate. That's not the way of Jesus. Instead, he says, give a blessing. Give a blessing. For you were called for this very purpose. So you don't respond to harshness or meanness or like just unkindness with more meanness and more harshness and more insults and ridicule. You give a blessing. <clears throat> the way Paul puts it in Romans chapter 12, 14, Paul says like, um, bless and curse not. That You don't give a curse, you give a blessing instead. What does this mean? What does blessing and cursing in this kind of context mean? What does Peter mean by it? What does Paul mean by it? Well, to bless means, literally, the word means to speak well of. To speak well of. And yet, the, the conceptually, it meant more than just speaking well of. It wasn't just saying a few nice words about or uttering some idle things, you know, about, uh, you know, wishing good for them. What it really means is at a heart level is you want God's blessings on their life. You, you long to see God's goodness and God's favor poured out on them. And so to bless them means you're going to pray for God's favor on their life. You're going to pray for God's goodness and for them to experience and know the goodness and the richness and the beauty and the blessing of God. You're not going to run them down. You're not going to insult them. You're not going to speak ill of them. You're not going to even wish for bad things of them. Like to curse is the opposite of that. To curse is, you know, to say things where... You you want God to damn them. You want uh, ill will to come their way. You hope they get theirs, right? That sort of spirit. You want you're going to ridicule them and say all sorts of mean spirited things about them. That's cursing. Well, to bless them is the opposite of that, where you're going to speak well of them. You're not going to run them down. You're not going to say unkind, critical things about them. You're going to, deeper than that even, you're going to will their good. And you're going to pray for their good. Um, part of that is is praying and hoping that their heart will be open to the gospel, their greatest good, right? Like that they would come to know the love and the beauty and the wisdom and the joy of Jesus as King and Lord. You, you want that for them because you know that's where goodness is. If they, unfortunately, sometimes this insult and evil can even happen within the family of God. So if they, they already know that, then you, you want you still are praying for just blessing on their life and for good things on their life. And you want to see God's favor and blessing poured out upon them. Bless and curse not. That's the idea of uh, of this passage here in 1 Peter, that you don't return evil for evil or insult for insult or mean-spiritedness for mean-spiritedness or ridicule for ridicule. Instead, you give a blessing. You give a blessing. You're looking for ways to bless them. And this is consistent in the entire book of 1 Peter. One of Peter, the major themes of 1 Peter is in a society where uh, the way of Jesus is looked on with suspicion, in a society where the way of Jesus is sometimes ridiculed and mocked, in a society that just looks at Christians as odd or weird because they don't, they don't do things the way the rest of society does. In that sort of society, what First Peter says is, we should be known for doing good. 
We should be known for uh, just being benevolent, generous, kind-hearted, helpful, good citizens, good members of the neighborhood, good community members. And part of that is we just don't retaliate. Um, instead, we, we give a blessing. We do good for and we want good things and we will the good of. That's our way. And Peter says here in this passage, he says, for you were called to this very purpose. You were called as a follower of Jesus to give a blessing instead of a curse. You were called to this way of life that is, uh, at one level, just non-retaliatory. We just don't retaliate. We don't pay people back in kind. We don't wish for harm to come on them, right? So we, we were called to live a non-retaliatory way of life. We don't retaliate. And the second part of that is we were called to uh, a way of life that actively works for and wills the good, even of those people who are unkind to us, who hurt us and do evil to us. We're just called to that way of life because that's the way of Jesus. It's what you see in Jesus. You read the Gospels and you see this all over the place. When people attack Jesus, when they wrong Jesus, when they're mean to Jesus, Jesus still does good to them. A simple little case in point is in the Garden of Gethsemane, on the night that he's being betrayed and arrested, um, when one of his disciples cuts off the servant of the high priest's ear, Jesus immediately stops them and heals the guy's ear. He heals his ear. Here's a guy that's come um, with uh, hostile intent towards Jesus, and Jesus does good for him and heals him. Obviously, the high point of that for Jesus is on the cross, as Jesus is hanging on the cross, uh, writhing in pain, struggling to even get oxygen in his lungs, slowly suffocating and dying. There's Jesus on the cross. And what does he pray for those who have hung him there? Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. This is the heart that, that blesses instead of curses. This is the heart that does good to people who do wrong to it. This is the way of Jesus. And it's consistent all throughout Jesus' ministry. And it's consistent all throughout the followers of Jesus in the New Testament. This is our way as disciples of Jesus. This is how we respond when we're mocked or insulted or harmed or ridiculed or attacked. This is how we respond. We respond with a blessing, not cursing. And as I've meditated on this and reflected on this and pondered, here's one of the things that, that just is, I think, painfully clear to me. Part of the reason we struggle to live this way is it doesn't make sense to us. And the reason Jesus lived this way so fully and consistently that even in his dying moment, he prayed for those people and prayed for their good, truly blessing them, right? Um, is because it made perfect sense to Jesus. It, this, this made perfect sense to him. It was like, this is the only reasonable, logical course of action. This is just, this just makes sense. This is just the way the world really is supposed to operate. This is just the way the kingdom of God operates. This is just wise and right and good. It just, it just fundamentally at the core of his being made sense to Jesus. And that's why he could do it so consistently because he wasn't trying to do it. It just was logical to him. It was just reasonable. 
And as we study the life of Jesus and we stare at Jesus and we gaze upon Jesus, this is what we see. And as we do that, we begin to see, oh, this just makes sense. This is just good. This, what, like, what good is it really to, to add more evil to the world by responding to evil with more evil? What good is it to, to bring more ridicule and resentment and harsh words into the world by just responding to ridicule with ridicule? That just doesn't make any sense anymore to us. And so my encouragement to you and to me as followers of Jesus is that we would, we would gaze so fully upon Jesus that like him, giving a blessing instead of a cursing would all of a sudden be the thing that's just the most reasonable, logical way of life. And it would become the thing that drives, therefore, our behavior. And we would learn to just will the good of all sorts of people, all kinds of people all around us. We just would want what's best for them. We'd want to see God's favor poured out upon them, that we would live that way because it's to this that we were called. And so as we followers of Jesus um, experience misunderstanding uh, maybe uh, moments of greater social dislocation than we've experienced in the past as we experience um, people just responding to our ideas with just utter a shock and amazement or harsh words, or as people are just unkind to us about whatever, like just go through life and there's people who are just mean, passive aggressive or unkind, whatever it is. May we be consistently known for the people who just respond to, to cursing and evil and ridicule with blessing and goodness and kind words. And may we, in our private moments, pray for God to pour out his grace and goodness and favor upon all people, even those people who are hard to deal with and who are mean to us and who mock even our beliefs, and our way of life. May we be people who bless and curse not. Hey, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Bible and Life Podcast. I'm, again, just so honored to be able to spend a little bit of time with you and that uh, you've invited me into your car or your gym or wherever you're listening. Just thanks for uh, letting me spend a little time with you and spending a little time with me. May God bless you. May his face shine upon you. And may he fill you with joy and peace in the goodness in the name of Jesus. I hope you have a great week in Christ. I look forward to talking to you again next week.